I'm Bill. And I'm T-Dog. And this, this is, is two, two Films, films too, too Curious, where the two of us watched two movies and also were curious. Yes, and this time it is just two of us again. It is. Right, we're back yeah. to two. I know you were confused, because last time there were three films. Yes, no, lecture. three people. Two films, yes. three people. I'm not so great <laughs> with the numbers. This is also the first time that we actually have a website. Yes, although if you're listening now, you probably, you probably know on the website already. Right. Yeah. If you're not, if for some reason you were like, I wonder this. if on iTunes there's a podcast <laughs> named Two Films Too Curious, and then searched it yeah, and found, found us, yeah. just search Two Films Too Curious on everything else, and you'll also find us there. Google Play, Facebook. TwoFilmsTooCurious.com. TwoFilmsTooCurious.com. All of them. All of them. Not .gov. <laughs> we, they wouldn't let us have that one. No. But we both work for the... Anyway, <laughs> Anyways, this week we watched two movies. We did. The Gamers 2. Darkness Rising. Darkness Rising. The sequel, of course, to Gamers 1. And Dungeons and & Dragons. And our theme for today is Dungeons & Dragons. It is. Do you have words for film. us? I don't have any words, but for those of you that don't know what Dungeons & Dragons is, it's a tabletop role-playing game. It's kind of the tabletop role-playing game yeah that everything else just ends up being compared to if you have if you have further questions so you know more about the history of it than i do all right in 1977 <laughs> no we ain't gonna play that game we ain't got that time uh, but if, if you have i mean it's it's a it's a game it's like a it's like a video game role-playing game but with no computer and just people and they're talking and there's a rule book and such but if you want more information about how a dungeons and dragons game is typically played feel free to search Dungeons and Dragons live stream anywhere, and you'll find a number of D and D live stream games, and you can watch. And them. they're good. They're good, usually. Usually, <laughs> and there's ones that, you know if you like certain things or like other things, you can. The Adventure Zone is a little bit silly, and Critical Role is a little bit serious, and there's Sirens of the Realm, and there's Relics of the whatever, and there's blah blah. blah In the blah, same blah. way that there's a role playing game for everyone. There is, and that role playing game is Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> So do you want to summarize Gamers 2? Yeah, okay. So Gamers 2 um, is not actually all that related to the, to the first one, to Gamers 1. I mean, it's a similar concept, and there is a little bit of story similarity, but we won't talk about that because it doesn't matter. Gamers 2 uh, has two storylines, similar, actually, to The Princess Bride. The first storyline is a group of oh, people yeah. in our world playing a Dungeons & Dragons role-playing game. And at first, some of the players, they loot, they all die, and the players are angry that the dungeon master, the person that runs the game, has been doing it in a way that they feel is unfair, and they decide, you know what, we're going to play it again. We're going to play it until we beat it. But we need more people. We need more people, right. So they get another person, and the dungeon master actually plays a character as well. Um, and so they finally, they decide they start working as a team, and they have a better grasp of the world, and slowly they start to mesh as a group and play and ultimately win this role-playing game. There's some conflict at the end about whether or not they played the game the way Quote that they... Quote-unquote, correctly. Correctly, if yeah. there is a correct way to play Dungeons & Dragons. Um, but that's, that's that story. The other story, they switch back and forth between the people playing Dungeons & Dragons and their characters in the Dungeons & Dragons world. And that storyline is that... Um, oh, the the mask of death has been taken and they have to go retrieve it and they have to give it to the arbiter of the good goddess and they think that they can't find the good goddess they think that she's forsaken the people and as they adventure they find out that after they after they get the mask of death it turns out that the hierophant of the good goddess wanted it for himself and had actually imprisoned this goddess um, not such a good guy after all no not a nice guy and so they they destroy the prison that she had that the goddess had been imprisoned in free her and she grants them wishes um and that's i mean it's a short explanation but that's basically it that's that's basically the movie yeah that's Do you have the any good anything to, gist of it okay i only have anything to add to it okay. other than i've seen it many many times before yeah it's kind of at least with us uh Whenever we're gonna play D and D, it's movie either comes up while we're playing, or right. we watch it before, or we right. watch it after. Or it's always in there somewhere. Um, it's a great example of 
D and D. It is, which is why we was one of the movies for this podcast. Right. The next movie is just called Dungeons and Dragons, and I do feel obligated to say that if it weren't called that, you would have no idea that it was Dungeons and Dragons. Right. It is just a fantasy world. Right. But the story is there are these two thieves named Ridley, or is it Ripley? Ridley. 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 And what's his friend's name? Snails. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> so Ridley and Snails are thieves. They're in the setting of their world is it's ruled by this empress who has kind of shares power with this council of mages. And mages are the elite. Like it's the mages and then it's the common people, which is what the thieves are. Um, they kind of get tricked, not even, not tricked, but kind of fumble their way into this adventure to where they're trying to find this scepter that can control dragons because... Red dragons. Red dragons. Because if the bad guys get it, they can fight the empress and take her scepter, which controls gold dragons. Classic metallic and chromatic dragons. Right. Um, throughout this adventure, they get, they add more characters to their party. They meet a dwarf who's just your standard cut and dry dwarf, um, who's played by a guy that's in Pirates. It turns yeah, out, he's the, <laughs> no yeah, <idea. laughs> the bald round guy that works yes, with the pirates of the silly. Yes, of the silly too. Yeah, um, they go on adventures. They end up having to find like they go through this maze that has this jewel at the end that they need that is the key to find this rod. Of course, they run into all kinds of bad guys along the way. Towards the end. Snails dies, which is so sad. All right, because yeah. everyone loved snails. He's one of the saving graces of this movie. I personally. <laughs> um, but it's it's really a, a standard adventure. They end up getting the rod. Right. The bad guys still get it anyway. They end up breaking the rod. The day is saved, and then it ends on this really weird note where they all turn into dust and like disappear. Right. And then it's like. <laughs> At the end of the end credits, uh, Samuel L. Jackson gets a page, or pages Captain Marvel because he turns into dust, too. <laughs> it's a very weird end, but very pro, like, prosaic. Like, I was impressed that they would, they would guess that that was going to be something that was going to end up in the, uh, in the MCU. Yeah very, yeah. very smart. That was not a thing that happened in that movie. <laughs> Well, I also feel like that was a really simple explanation of the movie, but that's... that's I mean, that's basically it. It's yeah. kind of the whole movie. I mean, it's... Yeah. There's there's not a lot. There's not as much going on. I think it's important to note, though, before we get into similarities and differences, that although the word of the day is Dungeons & Dragons, and the words of the day are Dungeons & Dragons, this is also a discussion of adaptation. Yes. In much the same way... Dune and Dark Tower was a discussion on adaptation. From book to movie, now we're doing a game, game to movie. movie. Tabletop game specifically, because yeah. this would probably, I think that this would be a different conversation than if we did, I don't know, Clue and Battleship or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then you have video game. Right. So you can have board game, tabletop, and video game, or three different adaptations. So I guess the real question that we won't answer, I get uh, really until we get to question time, mm -hmm. is which one of these is is, is a, a Dungeons and Dragons movie? D &D movie. Oh. So, anyways, do you have any similarities you want to talk about, um, or differences? Mostly differences for these movies. Same. I have. Same. <laughs> same. Um, I guess they are similar in the way that they are both in a fantasy setting. Mm -hmm. Like it's and it's both your standard. There are thieves, there are warriors, there are mages, paladins, every kind of class that you would have in Dungeons and Dragons they do, exists yeah. in these settings. There are elves, there are dwarves. They do Although, both use the language of Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Although, no elves in Gamers 2. That's a no. point of contention between the DM right. and, the and the player characters. DM, of course, being Dungeon Master. Yes. Not direct message. No. No. You can't slide into your DMs. You can slide into your dungeon master, but you gotta. It's it's nice. It's, it's something that two two people who are in love can do. It is. It's true. Uh, yeah. No, I think that's an that's an that's an important similarity. That while while they are two very different movies, the reason why we picked them is that they both are technically Dungeons and Dragons movies. Yes. They're just you know 
not really. One is a movie. That's a difference. One is a movie that uses Dungeons and Dragons style intellectual properties and ideas, and one is a movie where people play Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. So, I don't know if I have anything to say there that wouldn't About spoil the questions oh. later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think that our I think that our, our questions time is going to be longer for this yes. one than our our discussion time. Um, I thought that. Uh, there were instances in the Dungeons and Dragons movie, in Dungeons and Dragons the movie, that I felt were like really niche references to Dungeons and Dragons things that mm-hmm. you only get if you're a fan of Dungeons and Dragons. I think that the Gamers Two is a much more accessible movie, surprisingly. Oh, because although. I think that half of the fun of the Dungeons and Dragons movie is being like, oh hey, it's the thing from the book. Oh hey, it's the this is in the player's handbook. As opposed I was going to say, I didn't even recognize anything. <laughs> there was there were a couple like, um, I mean, the Beholder is a, almost a direct oh, image well, from yeah. the thing, and I mean, Beholders exist. Well, I guess they don't exist in other things. That's a that's a Wizards of the Coast intellectual property. That's yeah. that's owned by them, um, but he looks like the one in the in the book. And Which the, is a monster rods, with lots of eyes. Yeah, it's a head with a lot of eyes. The rods that they have, the magic rods that control dragons, look like stuff from the book. Although they also they look do. like things that you could get from Target after Halloween's over. Um, there were a couple of things. Where is it? There was another one I had written down. I think. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. But there are there are a number. I feel like there were a number of references. To the Dungeons and Dragons intellectual property that you that there are more in the second Dungeons and Dragons movie, but that make you go, oh hey, yeah, I've used that yeah. in the game or whatever. So a lot of their the the eyes that were on the floor of the arcane maze thing, oh, the those thieves did look maze, like something those straight were, out of yeah, a player's handbook, like the the robe of eyes or the archmage has mm-hmm. eyes on his robe that look similar. As opposed to Gamers 2, which does have references to Dungeons and Dragons and has a lot of sort of things in the setting that are geek niche things, mm-hmm. but those. But most are... of that is in the optional D twenty subtitles. Yes, or things like they're playing Munchkin, but it just looks like a game. I don't. Yeah. You don't. It doesn't enhance the story to know that they're playing Munchkin. I don't think. No. But so. those the D twenty subtitles is. One of my favorite things about Gamers 2. Yeah. Um, which, to kind of explain it, is in Dungeons & Dragons, for most skill checks, like you, if you see something, if you heard something, if you can persuade someone, you're going to roll a 20-sided die and add whatever your modifier is to it. So right. if you're really good at it, you have like a plus 10 or something like that. And the subtitles, when someone tries to like bluff someone else, it'll say bluff check, and then... Depending on if they did it or not, it'll say like pass or fail. Yeah. Which is just It's kinda neat. It's a neat Yeah. It's yeah. a really cool idea. Right. But which it's is an most of the title track. Yeah. Right. Which is most of the if you don't play D D, you probably wouldn't even care about that subtrack right. subtitle track. You also probably wouldn't pick it if you went to the subtitle tracks. Yeah. So any um, other differences? Yeah, so one I thought is that gamers too really tried to break away recognize and then break away from stereotypes both in the game world and out of the game world okay so like in out of the game world it's the oh girls don't game and this and that and then it turns out she's kicking everyone's ass like right. it's it, right it's because not... she wants to as well yes. that's the thing too it's not that it's not it's not just that she's good at the game it's that she cares about the game and wants to play the game which is a stereotype that has been wrong since the beginning of dungeons and dragons but people yeah. have often said girls don't game and then not only do they want to, but they're also good just as good as boys. We cishet white men say something <laughs> here, talking about D&D. Um, and then her, that they wanted to have chainmail armor in the game, which, like female chainmail armor, right. which is very, not protective at all, it, no. it turns out. <laughs> Right, yeah, and she dashes that on the floor as well. She's like, no, yeah. my, my fighter is a fighter that's a reasonable fighter. I'm not going to play into your nerd fantasy tropes. I'm going to make my fighter a badass. Yeah, or even just like the bard is trying to seduce everyone. Like These right. are the 
stereotypes that exist in the game world. Mm-hmm. But by the time you get to the end of the movie, the not only the player characters, but also, or not even the players, but also their characters have changed over the course of the movie. Right. To where Bard's a much better person now, or so is the sorceress who, in the beginning, is just going to fry any peasant with like a... Le- high-level demon-killing spell <laughs> just because it's funny. Right. And towards the end, wouldn't do that. Right. Towards the end, they engage with the world. It's... the it, They evolve with the story, which is really sort of the opposite of... Not only are the way that they use tropes opposite in the Dungeons & Dragons movie, but even, like... I mean, I guess there's a moral point that they're trying to make about mages versus commoners and oppression yeah. and it's almost almost a little racist the way that they handle that particular comparison yeah. and it's like at the end of it they're like we've done it we've solved civil <laughs> rights issues and you're like nah you really haven't we done. killed the bad guy it fixed everything it fixed everything and you don't really learn a lot from the Dungeons yeah. and Dragons movie and those characters do change some mostly just oh well, one mage. of them dies yeah, well, it's a different state <laughs> that he's in now. Um, but mostly Ridley and then the mage that's with him mm-hmm. kind of change. She becomes more understanding of commoners. He right. becomes more understanding of mages. Um, but it's some of the characters, like the Julia. dwarf, does not never, change. He is the most stereotypical dwarf right. that I've seen in anything. Right. And that's he's the like, thing, oh, too. I said that he, that... When we were watching, I said he's all the worst aspects of Gimli. Right. And none of the redeeming qualities. All, just, that's it. The, the difference between the way that they handle tropes is highlighted there, which I think that you were going to say and then I interrupted you. But the fact that Gamers 2 looks at tropes and is, is comfortable with telling you which ones are fun and enjoyable tropes in the yeah. gaming community. Everything's better with pirates. Of course everything's better with pirates. And the ones that maybe we should get away from that... We don't need to over-sexualize exclusively women characters. That's super inappropriate just to do out of hand. Versus the Dungeons & Dragons movie, which is like, ah, yes, our dwarf will be dwarf. And his name... like they mentioned once. It's mentioned (laughs) once, but his name very well could have been Dwarf. And he was just out there dwarfing like the other dwarfs do. And the mage was maging, and they cast spells and study, and they're stuffy and weak. And the thief is dumb and always steals stuff, no matter where he is. Long as there's a yeah. candlestick on the floor, I'll take oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's mine now. Man's not looking. Right, <laughs> this, keep walking, keep walking. So I think that, I mean, even in that, Gamers 2 says more, has more to say than Dungeons yes. & Dragons. It does. Dungeons Dragons also had a really weird fourth wall break when the dwarf looks straight at the camera and then he says, that's a terrible way of doing business. <laughs> bad scene. I can't remember what the lead up to that was. It's something like, she's like, we'll pay you, we'll talk about it later. Like yeah. when, when He's like, well, who's going to pay me if I go on this adventure with you guys? And they're like, well, we'll talk about that later. And, then and it's he, a long they all walk pause. Away and it's he like just this. looks at the camera for... 15 seconds and then that's says, a bad way of doing that's business. a terrible way to do business <laughs> I really liked that line I loved it it, it made me really laugh so hard funny. I loved it that's why, that's why I liked it um, I think that the Dungeons and Dragons movie was too amb- was more ambitious graphically maybe a little bit too ambitious right, than the gamers gamers 2 gamers 2 was crowdfunded it's it's made by a group of people that work almost exclusively through Kickstarter and um, Patreon to find funding for their stuff. And because of that, I mean, most of their CG is After Effects-like. But it fits... It's charming in a right. way. It fits the whole Aesthetic, feel of the right. movie. Also, they're not out there trying to do things they know they can't do. Yes. If there's something that's not a human, they're made up. They like they have makeup on them. Yeah. And really, like the, the goblins, the goblins are on them. pretty great. They're great. pretty much the only thing. Right. Yeah, you're right. Like the warlocks that or the evil wizards have like tattoos, tattoos and, stuff. and stuff, and they have the ninjas, the right. zombie ninjas, the zinjas. Yeah. Or are they zombies? <laughs> I don't know. 
Um, but yet, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons does not work within the bounds of what they have available to them. No, and there's no way to other way to really say that. Right. It's visually unexciting and too ambitious. Right. The things that were supposed to be exciting are so obviously bad. Like. To be sure, I I'm not. We don't live in the year 2000 anymore, and so no. our CG has gone up drastically. Mm-hmm. The Game of Thrones dragons are much better than the Dungeons and Dragons dragons. Yes. However, there are other movies that came out in a similar time that I don't think are nearly this bad, no. including The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. All of the CG castle work in The Lord of the Rings is so much better. Than the horrible green screen CG castle work in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yeah. It's a little embarrassing. Yeah. I just had the weird thought that the actors, when they were making this movie, yeah. It's like they were DD characters that use their imagination because everything is <laughs> green screen. Everything, everything. <laughs> so many things. Even things that you wouldn't imagine would be green screen. Like, I mean, yeah, if you could make it look better, that would be a neat castle, but it would probably be better to find a real castle somewhere and film it there as opposed to CGing a really poorly done castle. Yeah, like they built maybe like a corridor and a hallway for that whole castle. Right, when, like when they're doing the out, the exterior shots coming over that castle, oh man, it's almost as if like you could see the stuttering behind <laughs> the land that they shot beforehand. It was really subpar. Yeah. Not to dog on this movie i'm certain that there are a lot of people that like it and i'm certain that we would have enjoyed it a lot more if it was a 40 night movie yes oh so we should explain what 40 nights we should are. 40 nights are a wonderful thing there are a lot of fantasy movies out there usually sword and sorcery movies and not always fantasy movies usually, but usually you know anywhere between the 70s and the 90s right when most of these were made although they're still being made right they're just bad just across the board but as bad exists in a sinusoidal fashion most of them are so bad that they're good. Yes. And that's only enhanced by the use of bad alcohol. A 40. A 40. 40 ounces of malt liquor. Right. And a bad sword and sorcery movie. They go down and, nice. And you're going to laugh more than you ever have. Right. It helps to do this with friends. Probably should not you be sitting alone in the yourself. dark with a bottle of cold 45. Can't start drinking until it shows the title screen. But... Uh, other ones that would fit in, in addition to the Dungeons and Dragons movie movies, the second one would work. I'm sure the third one or the Pathfinder movie as well. Uh, both Conan's Conan the Barbarian and Conan one. the Destroyer. Uh, Ralph Bakshi's Fire and Ice. I highly recommend doing that one. Mm-hmm. Beastmaster was a lot of fun. I loved that movie. Uh, what was what was the movie with Askeloth, the sword that opens doors? Oh, the magic sword. Yeah, okay. Askeloth, the sword that <laughs> the opens doors. doors. Except the one door they needed open. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, what else was there? Oh, Dragon Slayer. Yeah. Uh, Death Stalker Parts 1 and 2. The Red Sonia was one, the sorceress. Right? Red Sonia was one. So... There are a lot of bad fantasy movies out there that are a lot of fun to watch with a group of friends where you're comfortable with maybe poking fun at some of the more absurd parts of these movies. Dungeons and Dragons would fit there. Yes. Anyways, back to back to differences. I think that um, similar to what you were saying about the way that Gamers 2 subverts tropes mm-hmm. and Dungeons and Dragons doesn't, I think that there's a difference between using a trope artistically and using it because you don't know any better. Yes. I think no. that there's a difference between poking fun at the idea of a meathead fighter and how Joanna, the the uh, the player in Dungeons and Dragons, her fighter is not that way. That's a that's a that's a statement to be made. Yes. The meathead fighters in Dungeons and Dragons are just fighters because their intelligence and wisdom numbers were lower because they needed a dump stat <laughs> and so their strength is high. That's not it's not. I don't know. It doesn't seem. No. There's, yeah. There's. There's a difference between 
purposefully using a trope to make a statement. Right. And not even, maybe even realize you're falling into a trope because you're oblivious to it. Right. I wonder how much of the Dungeons and Dragons movie was made by producers that felt like, no, we got to, if we're making a Dungeons and Dragons movie, where's the, where's the, when are they going to do the magic? How are they going to, where's the sword? There's the cool sword. Because they gave him a cool sword at the end. And although, yes, it did shatter the staff, like, I they never that say they just, that no, they it, it to had to be that right. sword to they do just, it. They just no said, prophecy. here's the cool staff. They were right. just like, yeah, it's going to it's gonna protect you. They didn't right. really protect him. It no. helped him break the staff. But right. Then. Yeah. So, uh, I said that there were parts of it, that, for me, that in addition to the way that they lean into tropes almost to an absurd level, and some of the dialogue, it felt almost like a parody movie. Like, it's like Scary yeah. Movie or Airplane, but for medieval fantasy movies yes although i will say i well that feels the case that was sure so i don't think not was, what they right. were trying to do when they made it i don't think that was their intent no. <laughs> um i liked the music in the dungeons and dragons movie i liked it too i don't know if it was better or worse than gamers 2 no i don't think so gamers 2 i mean in both movies the music is I think obviously secondary. Right. And they're both appropriate to their budget level, I think. Yes. The Gamers sure. 2 is still obviously done mostly on synths. And it feels like it's like a lot of loops that they use right. and everything else. Somebody made a ditty on a Casio guitar or a Casio keyboard and they can just play that a bazillion times. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Dungeon Dragons had a little bit more of a budget. Right. A little more symphonic work going on with their movie. But yeah. I would say both. That's there's just, there's another similarity. They both had appropriate soundtracks. Yeah, that were good. I wouldn't listen to either of them on their own without the movie, but yeah, you know what I was going to say. Oh, they're I might, to but do I've had access the to the Gamers Two soundtrack for years now, and I never have listened to it. <laughs> so, uh, the Thief's Maze in the Dungeons and Dragons movie is really classically a Dungeons and Dragons dungeon. Yeah. And there are dragons in it. Dragons feature heavily in the plot of the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yes, and he does go through a dungeon when he gets the staff and even meets an undead skeleton man. There is a dungeon in Gamers 2 and there are no dragons. You're right. This is going to factor into that question later. Keep that in your mind. In fact, I even wrote, (laughs) but is that D&D? Or is that just fantasy? (laughs) Because I watched Bohemian Rhapsody this week. Uh, (laughs) My notes say that bad CG doesn't stop them from trying. And that actually really could go for either of them. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) I guess this plays into the question as well. I'll skip over that one because I think that that... I think that we're about to move on to questions. I really don't know if I have anything else to say i think oh that's an interesting uh, similar to what we were talking about about gamers 2 making sort of social commentary points and dungeons and dragons not i think that dungeons and dragons discusses the dungeons and dragons movie discusses a fantasy world yes and gamers 2 discusses women in gaming story versus rules how to enjoy games winning versus liking and sportsmanship Yes. I think that, that it discusses issues that Dungeons & Dragons has as a, as a game, game and not issues that Dungeons & Dragons has as a setting. Yeah. Although, I would say the Dungeons & Dragons movie also doesn't really discuss any issues with the setting. It just no. puts forth a setting. Right. We game. have to extrapolate if we like the things about that setting and therefore make our own arguments as to whether or not that's an appropriate setting with the Dungeons & Dragons movie. Yes. Which, again, I don't think is what they were going for. <laughs> no. Only it's a, little, it's a little bit too highbrow for what yeah. they were trying to accomplish with the movie. You know, surprisingly, for a movie that had so much weird fantasy makeup, none of their brows were particularly high. Yeah. Even the elves. Even the elves. The uh, elves? <laughs> you can say the elves in that looked like the 20 seconds that someone is an elf in Gamers 2. Yeah, they really it's a human with different. 20 years. They just put those little pointy ears on there. Yep. And then... They have aloof, distant faces, but so does the Empress, and I think that that may just be chalked up to less good acting Yeah, on some of their parts. 
But sometimes that's just the script you get, and that's the direction you get. So right. Not to knock on any actors. No. No. Again, it's important to note, I guess this is the first time we've said this in a while. I guess maybe since the first one, or the second one. We aren't here to tell you whether or not a movie is good or bad. That's up to you for you to decide. Right. That's for every man to decide for himself. <laughs> I was about to quote Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, but I think that I can definitively say that I like one of these movies more than the other. Yes. And I feel like you can infer which one based on the everything about our podcast so far. <laughs> and I can say that it's my least favorite movie we watched so far. Yay, Lady so. in the Water. Moving on up. Let's talk about questions. I don't think I have any more similarities. and it's, We've done enough long pauses that we can move on to questions. Yes. Do you have any questions? I do, but I feel like they're going to play into your questions. So you can ask a question first. Is a Dungeons & Dragons movie one that uses a Dungeons & Dragons setting? Or is it one that discusses Dungeons & Dragons? Is a Dungeons & Dragons movie one that has a dungeon and also dragons? Or is it one that discusses the idea of tabletop role-playing games and specifically Dungeons & Dragons? I think it depends on your audience, and especially the audience you're trying to have. Okay. To someone who doesn't play RPGs in any fashion, be it tabletop or video games or, you know, those people that didn't read Lord of the Rings, they didn't play on the playground like they were Legolas and their friend was Aragorn, which is what I did all the time, may find the Dungeons and Dragons movie to be a more D&D movie. Of course, I think that of these two, Gamers 2 is the Dungeons and Dragons movie because it is about not just the game like system, right? But how people interact with that game system, the types of people they interact with it, how playing the game can make you a better person, how you being a better person can reflect how your character does, and the idea of role playing R O L E mm-hmm. and role playing R O L L because you're rolling so many dice while you play the game, right? But, but I think Gamers 2 is more of a Dungeons & Dragons movie. So then is this less a conversation about adapting Dungeons & Dragons and more a conversation about genre? In much the same way, hmm. is Star Wars sci-fi or fantasy, is Gamers or Dungeons & Dragons a Dungeons & Dragons movie? Which one is a Dungeons & Dragons movie? And which one is a board game movie? Well, if it's that dichotomy, then... Of course, Gamers 2 is a board game movie. But I still think it's also the Dungeons & Dragons movie. Do you have any questions? Do you have a question now? Your turn now. I just wanted to talk about D&D. Okay. I think I've got another couple of questions about the movies themselves. Or about the, yeah, about the movies themselves. Okay, so specifically the movies? Then, yeah. Then I Let's would... see. Where... Oh, here's one. Um... I was I, in in my notes for Dungeons and Dragons the movie. I realized I wrote down that this movie would not make me want to play role playing games any more than any other genre fiction movie might. This movie, for me, is no more a role playing game than when people say things like Guardians of the Galaxy is an example of what it happens when you play role playing games with your friends, or any other movie with it a is. group of people is the way that we play Dungeons and Dragons with our friends. Of the two movies, if you had no knowledge of Dungeons and Dragons, whether or not one is more or less a D&D movie, which of these two movies would make you want to play D&D more? I'm also going to split this question. Okay. I think that the Dungeons and Dragons movie Uh would make me want to play Dungeons and Dragons as a player more. Okay. Um, I love fantasy and all its different types and settings right it's when when watch even watching that movie i was like there's some ideas i could put in a key or like like that i would love to play through in a campaign like yeah the mages versus the commoners is a really like really simplistic way of having like a hierarchy in society that they have but i like that yeah like it's it's the kind of 
thing that you would probably run into if you were playing through a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Um, and in that way, it feels more like that. Gamers 2 would make me want to be the dungeon master in a campaign. More okay. Because you get to see how... And one of my favorite things about DMing... And I'm already talking about D&D now. <laughs> is how the players that you're playing with, that you're running the campaign for, mm. will just come up with these ideas or like that just feed back right back into the setting and you're like like let's say they run into a character and they decide oh I'm going to cut this guy's arm off because I'm a dickhead right let me have this guy come back later he's got a robot arm or he's got a magic arm or something like that and now he wants revenge from the people the way that they interact with the setting affects the setting in a circle that then affects with how they mess with the setting and just goes over and over and over which is the way that story works, but it's cool to see it in the gamers too manipulated in that way by groups of people as opposed to yes finding out afterwards who wrote the because screenplay. initially it is in gamers too the DM wants he has this story he wants to tell and he basically wants the players to play through exactly he wants to railroad them mm-hmm. exactly on the path that he thinks that they should take mm-hmm. and in the end ends up really realizing that their choices make a better story than what he wanted. Okay. So of the two, they, they both make me want to play D&D. Right, yeah. <laughs> but in different... I can, I can dig it. In different respects. I, uh, I found two more things in my notes. One that relates to what we were just talking about. In Gamers 2, um, at the beginning, and something that is, is pervasive throughout the movie is the idea that story trumps rules in dungeons and mm-hmm. dragons it, they're extensive rule books they're long and there's a lot of rules in there um but as I, a number of D people that i follow have said um and the dungeon master's guide says the rules are it's a framework it's a framework yeah. it's a language it's a common language that we can all speak so that we understand the way that quote unquote it's supposed to work and then any deviation from those rules, as long as it's consistent... And as long as is, all people involved are okay with right. it... It's then... merely a dialect of the language that is the rules of Dungeons & Dragons. Which means that in Gamers 2, when he can't be an elf because it's an all-human campaign, and he says, but elves are in the player's handbook, and he says, it doesn't matter, my world has no elves. My And that's, that's the specific dialect of Dungeons & Dragons yeah. that the Dungeon Master in Gamers 2 speaks. But... That made me think, as I wrote down on my notes, that a story about using the story trumps rules phrase, a story mm-hmm. about Dungeons and Dragons is more Dungeons and Dragons than a story in a Dungeons and Dragons setting. Yeah. There's nothing, apart from intellectual property, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing about the Forgotten Realms campaign setting for Dungeons and Dragons, or the Eberron campaign setting, or the Greyhawk campaign setting or anything like that that says Dungeons and Dragons louder than it says fantasy. Yeah. Uh, I also have another thing that... uh, We already talked about this, but I do think that it's interesting that in Gamers 2, the tropes aren't fighter, cleric, thief like they are... They're not wizard and mage like they are in Dungeons and Dragons, the movie... Um, the tropes are power gamer, audience member, mad scientist, storyteller, dungeon master. All of the different players All are the not player playing... archetypes and not character archetypes. Right, yeah, they're not playing the way that a fighter or a thief would. They're playing the way that someone that wants to mess with the world would, or someone who wants to win the game, or someone that wants to tell a story in the game, or someone that's really just sort of excited to sit back and watch the game unfold. Someone wants to be there, yeah. Right. You have questions about Dungeons and Dragons. Yes? Yes. Okay, go for it. So, I feel like every time we get to questions, one of mine is like, what's the first time that <laughs> what's the first time that you played, um, not even D&D, just a tabletop role-playing game? I would imagine it probably was I mean, D&D. it was D&D. And the yeah. first time, I think, as far as I can remember, the first time I played a tabletop role-playing game was the basic starter set for three and a half or Dungeons and Dragons version 3.5 um, that I bought from Barnes and Noble or something like that, and I brought it home. And the rule book is super basic, and all the character sheets are super basic. 
And I think that my dad ran it for, for me and my brother. And it was just a little basic story. Uh, but then I was hooked. Uh, I think the first campaign that I ran properly, the first time that I ran D&D properly, was for my birthday, my freshman year of high school. I had a whole bunch of friends over, and my mom made meatball subs, and we played D&D, and I had them fight in a dungeon, and level one characters had a vorpal sword, because of course that makes sense. It was bad. It was bad Dungeons and Dragons, but everybody (laughs) had fun, and that was the point. And you have to start somewhere. You do. And where I started was inventing a were-squirrel that nobody could hit. Nice. My first time playing was with you, actually, when you were running (laughs) in college. I had always heard about D&D. Obviously, when you're running with the kind of nerdy circles in high school that play Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic the Gathering during lunch, people talk about Dungeons & Dragons. Right. But no one that I knew played it, really. So, and I'm not one for, I mean, all the power in the world to people that can play D&D with people they don't know. Right. But to me... To be comfortable enough to do the role playing that I like to do right. in a setting, I have to be comfortable with the people I'm around. It's a, it can be for some people. It's not this way, and again, I, I I'm glad that they are comfortable with this. But for me, it's a very almost intimate thing. It's a very personal yeah. thing that I don't. I want to I want to share good Dungeons and Dragons with people that I like. Yes, exactly. So that setting you that campaign you ran. Maybe it was my sophomore year of college. I think it would have been. I think it would have been between your sophomore and junior year, because I think it was between my junior and first senior year. Yeah, and that would have been shortly after we... I feel like we met in our class, and then maybe the next semester we played, or was it the semester after we that? We met in fall, and then we technically played part the way through spring and then into the summer. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, so it was like the next semester after yeah. we had met that we started playing. Um but even that, I didn't know two of the people that played until our first game. So right, right, and I but mean, I knew someone there. I so I I think it's easy, a lot easier to do that if you know someone, especially if it's the DM right. that you know, um, versus just like walking into a comic book store and being like, "Here, I'm here to play D and D. Here's right. my character." And it, not to say that that's a, a thing that you can't do or a thing that people that some people don't like to do. I think that in a pinch, I would I would be fine doing that i run games like that Mm -hmm. for as the advisor of the tabletop gaming club which i'm actually wearing their t-shirt now on accident um but i i I can i can we should make t-shirts you know i've actually been thinking about that (laughs) this is actually as an aside i thought i was thinking i was sitting in the shower and i thought you know what would be a really cool t-shirt idea if it was a if it was a t-shirt and it at the top of it it had a little vinyl square like glossy vinyl just an empty square, mm-hmm. and then below it, it said, makes me curious. And so with like a vis-a-vis or an expo marker or something where you could wash it off afterwards, you could write the name of a movie in the vinyl square and be like, Mystery Men makes me curious, or Dungeons and Dragons makes me curious, or something like that. I think that'd be a really fucking dope t-shirt. That's crazy. That's like... That's what our fifth T-shirt would be. We would. How did we no, even come up with? How did you even come up with that as our first one? All right. So here's how. It, here's how it started. I thought we have to put on a T-shirt something that's our slogan. And really, the only thing that we have so far is that these these movies make us curious. Yeah. As close to so, and our sign iterations of it. Stay curious. Right. Yeah. Iterations of that. Um, we have a little keychain to say "Stay curious." And... We can't do it. That the, the, the my favorite murder people already did that. We can't take theirs. We can't use keychains. We can't use keychains that say "curious" because theirs say "Stay sexy." And don't get murdered. And don't get murdered. Yeah. But I thought about that we our thing is that we're that you're we're curious about movies. And then I thought about incorporating something about the I am curious blue and I am curious yellow movies, which I've not seen. So then I thought that's a bad thing to do. And then I thought those movies don't currently make me curious, but different movies all the time make me curious. And that's at, what I thought at about that. Different t-shirt. times, yes. This is not related to the movies that we were watching, but I think that it's an important thing to to discuss. Yeah, and off air we're gonna f- try and figure out how that happens, and then we'll put some links up. Yeah, a couple of Zeldas, Samus, mm-hmm. Mario the other day. Anyways, <laughs> uh, do you have any other questions about Dungeons and Dragons or the movie? Um, movies. Yes. What's your favorite character that you've played? I was gonna ask you ask favorite campaign, but you're similar to I in that I some I often run 
a very similar campaign to one that I've run before. Yeah. Just modifying it. Right. Slightly. So my favorite campaign would not so be like you have your setting that you've ones. made. Right. It would be the people of, in it. Yeah. Exactly. But I think so. That, your favorite character that you've played as. I rarely play characters, and I've rarely played characters for an extended period of time. I can think of three characters I played for a long time. One of them was a character that I played when I was in high school where I used the Dungeon Master's Guide to just randomly roll dungeons, which is a thing that you can do, and then I ran that guy through him. And I liked him, but he's, he's not... I didn't, I, I didn't use him with people. I just It was just me. Um, the next character that I played a lot was the Samurai, but the character that I liked the most was a human barbarian named uh, Gren. Gren uh, had previously been adventuring with another group of adventurers, um, and in the middle of the night they were all killed. Uh, by another group of adventurers, except for Gren. Gren was kept alive uh, for reasons unknown. And so Gren, is, his, job, his, his goal right now is to hunt down the people that killed his friends. He also wears a, a necklace goal. of ears. That's my favorite part of this character. He wears a necklace of ears because <laughs> anybody that he feels needs to... The first ear on his necklace is the ear of a... Of a of his friend from the fighting pits where he was raised, that uh, the head of the fighting pits made them made Gren and his friend fight each other. To the death? To the death. Wow. And Gren had to kill his friend. And then he cut off his friend's ear um, and sort of tucked it away and later on made a necklace of it so that his friend could hear, even in the afterlife, could hear of Gren's successes and know that Gren was trying to be with him throughout the remainder of his life. That's beautiful. The next person that Gren killed was the person that ran the fighting pits and he cut off his ear so that even in death he would have to hear how much more successful Gren was <laughs> to the fighting pit master that he killed and so there were a couple of other people as the story progressed that were big enough antagonists for Gren that he would cut their ear off and wear it on the necklace I think he had five or six by the time I had finished playing him and every so often someone would be like you're going to cut his ear off and I'm like who was he to me he was nothing I cared a little about yeah. this character but you know the mayor of the town that sent us on this quest and then told us that he wasn't going to give us any money and thought he could kill me. Thought he could kill me. <laughs> he got, got, got his ear. Who's your favorite character you've ever played? Um, you know, I, I asked this question with no answer to my own question. <laughs> um, I would say... I forgot that I also played that pirate robot in your game. I really liked that character now, too. Now, that's my favorite campaign I've ever ran, yeah. for sure, was... For the background for that is I had run, was it 3.5? Yeah, 3.5. So version 3.5. Version 3.5 yeah. of Dungeons and Dragons, but we made it in the Adventure Time setting. And this was a this was a while ago. This is way before the show ended. Yeah. Uh, we were probably in like season four or five at that point. Um, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And even I was so happy that one of our friends who didn't even know Adventure Time really enjoyed. Well, Brett just likes a good story. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but my favorite character i've ever played in is probably it's weird because it's the most recent character i've played is so there's this in certain settings there's this race of bird people called kenku and the kenku were cursed long ago at like their entire race was cursed to be flightless one so they have no feathers like on their arms and two that they can no longer speak they can only because they're birds mimic sounds that they hear but that means that they can mimic any word they hear in exactly the same like cadence that that person had said it. Um, so I have a, just a piece of paper that I've written down all the things that he's heard that he might use later and then have to use those when he speaks to his to NPCs, to non-player characters, or to like the fellow party members. So when someone says something funny like, because they think my character's stupid, like, my name is Robert. <laughs> now every time I got to get his attention, I have to say, Robert. <laughs> I liked that character as well. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you played him in, in two of my games. Uh, let's see. What's another question about D and D or about these movies? Because we still got to kill another ten minutes. I say in a way that, of course, means that I'm thrilled about doing a one-hour podcast every time. Uh, I guess here's a question: What I had said earlier that people often say that like Guardians of the Galaxy is a game about a group of role-playing. Ca- characters what other movies do you think like when you watch the movie and you think oh yeah this is like what happens when a group of people play a role-playing game 
this is the story that a group of people playing a role-playing game would tell. I think that those, any of those come together to do a single mission despite not really liking each other, but then growing to like each other over the course of it. So Suicide Squad, Guards yeah. of the Galaxy, any of the movies like that certainly are the first to make me think of Dungeons & Dragons. But almost all movies do. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Like, even Blade Runner makes me think of this guy's, like, a friend is running a lone wolf campaign through some kind of sci-fi RPG. Yeah. Um, lone wolf campaign, of course, being a one-on-one role-playing yes, game. Yes, so, like, there's the Dungeon Master and there's one person playing the campaign. Um, and then they kiss. If, they, if they're both consent to it. Right, of course. Naturally. <laughs> um, I don't know if there are any movies that pop into my head immediately. Guardians was probably going to be the first one yeah. that I thought of. Um, or even they... like the Avengers movies. Yeah. Most of the MCU stuff. <laughs> right. MCU stuff that involves more than one character, especially. Yeah. All three Aven- Avengerses. Civil Wars, when you had that DM that ran two different campaigns at the same time, and, and they, they ended up being each other's enemies so the then at the end said, they uh, teamed up right then they were buddies again suicide squad is what happens when you have a whole bunch of people that are really not the best kinds of role-playing game players yeah okay yeah. <laughs> i really like suicide squad we'll probably incorporate suicide squad in the podcast at some point because i really did enjoy that movie i thought it was a lot of fun yeah um, anyways princess bride really makes me think of it too that makes sense that makes sense in much the same way it it's... plays with tropes in, a, in an honest and endearing way, you can easily make that a role-playing game thing. Yes. Where one of the characters that I would love to play in a role-playing game, if I ever was a player again, is just straight up a halfling, a hobbit thief. Is just Bilbo Baggins. He's not particularly yeah. charismatic. He's not particularly athletic. But he can get into small places and he can pick locks and steal treasure. And yeah, that's the biggest, one of the biggest fantasy tropes in the history of fantasy cliche. But if it's played earnestly and honestly, it, yeah. it can be fun. It can be nice. Like a lot of the tropes in Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Any yeah, any movies that have that kind of like growth? Or yeah. especially and it's so common in anime. The first thing that makes me think of it is Dragon Ball Z. The idea of you have a nemesis or a rival and you beat them and now they're part of your squad they're right. part of your posse now yeah goku beats vegeta very early on in dragon ball z and then for the rest of the show vegeta's like you can't kill goku i want to kill goku one day <laughs> and ends up like teaming up with him yeah that and it's anime is the first thing that makes me think of that but anything like that because in campaigns a lot of the ones i've been in or ran it's like let's roll to befriend this wolf and now they have a wolf that's following them around for like until i have to kill it for something Right. In the Dungeon Master. Oops. They had a troll follow them in the last campaign I ran, and I had to have a dragon kill him because he was too strong. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally killed Brent's baboon. It's the only oh, time I almost no. made somebody cry in Dungeons and Dragons. He was playing a ring was he ranger or he was, a, he was a ranger. Yeah. He was a ranger with a baboon animal companion. And you turned him into ribbons. I did. Just shredded him right up. And Brent had to take a moment and I felt real bad about that. <laughs> But that's D and D. That's D&D. Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do you have any other questions about Dungeons and Dragons? Um. What? No, not really. <laughs> I was trying to think of something. <laughs> well, I guess I mean we can start to wrap up, summarize a little bit. I think that. Uh, for those of you who are interested in watching more movies like Gamers 2, I highly recommend watching Gamers 1 and Gamers 3. Mm-hmm. Gamers 3 does the same thing for trading card games, trading card yeah. games that I think Gamers 2 does for Dungeons & Dragons or role-playing games. And although it may be a little heavy-handed at times, I still think that the things that Gamers 3 says about especially gender and gaming, but just social things about gaming across the board are important to hear i like um, it almost as much as the second one i think yeah i think i do as well I, for different reasons I really but I think I, yeah i really enjoy it as well the first one is really just sort of proof that they could do something like this yeah. um and uh it of all of them of the three it's 
it's the most poorly acted. It's the least it had the smallest budget. Yeah. It had the smallest <laughs> budget. It was. I think it was. I think that movie was made on about five hundred dollars. Wow. And a lot of that was. I feel like I food. couldn't make a movie half as good on five hundred dollars. <laughs> right. I think that if you gave me five hundred dollars, I would accidentally spend half of that on, on buying movies? more movies, <laughs> and then thinking like. Shit, how am I going to make a movie on $250? <laughs> uh, if you are interested in watching the Dungeons & Dragons movie, uh, there are three of those as well. The third one was only released in England. It is a Region B locked DVD, and so I don't own it and know nothing about it. But the first two you are... You haven't seen it? No, I've not seen it. Ooh. The second one is actually... If you watch the first Dungeons & Dragons movie first, and then you watch the second one, the second one's not bad. But only if you watch them back to back. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Uh, there's also a Pathfinder movie, which I've not seen, but I just bought. So we'll see how that is. Is that Does that just weirdly take place after three, but not? I think right? so. I think they're, so. They're going to make a fourth one, but it's like 3.75. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Pathfinder is a role-playing game that is ostensibly Dungeons & Dragons version 3.5. But with a lot of rules changed for small... Important, I guess, reasons, but it's basically the same they call thing. call it 3.75. Right. Yeah. Um, although, they're doing some interesting things in Pathfinder 2. Pathfinder 2? Yeah, they're making their... their What's that number going to be? Second edition. We're on 5th uh, edition right now, six, so is that going to be... 7.5. 3.75 times 2. Uh, no, they... they, they uh, there are a couple of things in Dungeons & Dragons that... So, you know, is that going to be more like 3 then? Because at this point, Dungeons Dragons is a very it's different game like, than it It's was. still more like 3. Okay. Um, I'd be interested to play that because I like 3rd edition a lot in 3.5. There are a lot of things in Dungeons & Dragons that that could be considered problematic now. Um, yeah. Because when they were made by a couple of old white dudes in the 70s... It, that they, were huge were things nerds. That they didn't, right. There were things yeah. that they just didn't take into account, either maliciously or just they didn't know. Um, one of those things is that um, they separate the characters that, like the the types of characters you can play, into races: the human race, the elf race, the half elf race, which is kind of a racist term. And yeah. so Pathfinder has actually changed it to be ancestry. Okay. You have a human ancestry, or a fey ancestry, or a, an orcish ancestry, or something like that. That's it's a cool. small and change, and it, but it's an important dialogue change. If we start yeah. saying ancestry instead of race, we stop. We stop accidentally carrying the baggage of the word race. Yeah. That's cool. So, anyways, it's a good change. Uh, don't buy it though. Buy Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. It's a really great game. <laughs> And all a good portion of the rules, starter set rules, are online. Anyways, I think we've talked enough about D and D. I think yeah. we've talked a little bit about these movies. Uh, <laughs> but you've gotten to know us a little bit more in this podcast. You have. So. You have. Uh, as a reminder, we are on the internet. That's yep. where you're hearing us now. In fact, uh, and we you can find us by googling two films space two curious, and we'll show up on. Or search on your favorite podcast app or service. Right. I think search we're on all us of on them there. Now. We're on at least we're on the popular ones. The, yeah, the most important five or six. Yeah. Our website. If you can't find us. You may want to look at another podcast. Right. So. Yeah. Like I don't want to. I don't want to turn people away. But maybe if you're having trouble, then this maybe isn't. Although if you can't find us, you aren't listening to this right now. So. Right. <laughs> Those nerds, right? <laughs> what losers. Uh, but yeah. So www.twofilmstocurious.com all of our information's there but most of our information more important information is on Facebook and yes you can see all of the shitty pictures i take and post yeah. we post updates on there right so that's going to be the most and you can message us if you want to or yeah. you could email us at twofilmstocurious@gmail.com right uh, in fact actually uh, just to see how many people are are listening to the end of this let us know if you think that our t-shirt idea is interesting yeah, on our do. Facebook page, and uh, email us uh, two movies that you think make you curious. Yeah, we're, we're always we're always open. <laughs> I was about to say we're open to suggestions. We might we do, them. but we we have quite a backlog right now. We do, we do. So. Yeah, we do. But I mean, you know, just email us. We get most of our emails are work emails, or if my dad has a question. So, like, I'd like to have more emails in my I, life. 
I get so many at work, I don't know that I want more emails in my life. Well, it's like <laughs> when you go to the mail and you have like a cool letter as opposed to just a bank letter. Yeah. Like when my Aunt Debbie and Uncle Lee send me a birthday card. Yeah. Like, that's nice. So send us an email. So send us a films. birthday card. Send us a birthday <laughs> card. Our birthday is January 17th. But also... You can just send us a late one. It's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Or just anything else. Anyways. <laughs> stay curious. Don't stay hate movies. Stay curious. We love you. Don't take any wooden nickels. Yeah. Don't eat any bras. Yeah. Don't bite anybody. <laughs> or... Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Goodbye. We love you. Bye.